Welcome to CodeWords. If you're a new developer, this is the podcast for you. Start exploring unique coding stories today and take your skill set from Hello World to Hello World. Visit codewords.page for all the latest episodes. And we're back. It's me, Rob, and welcome to another episode of CodeWords. My goal is to go from code newbie to front-end web developer while exploring unique coding stories from people all over the world. My guest today is a principal software engineer and team lead based in Nottingham, a master of science and forever learner. It's Katie Ashby. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Rob. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Uh, I'd like to start these sessions off with some icebreakers, so I have a few for you. The first one is, are you an early bird or a night owl? <laughs> I am. I wish I was an early bird, and I do get up quite early um, often, but I hate it. So I'm probably naturally an, a night owl. I'm a, I'm a midday bird. Yeah, uh, I do get up early, but the sun wakes me up and that's kind of annoying. I get annoyed when my alarm goes off. Like, how dare you wake me up from my sleep? I was enjoying that. Anyway. Um, yeah, I can relate to that. What's your favourite way? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't want to get up yet. Uh, so the next question is, what's your favourite way to get some exercise? My favourite way? Uh, well, I go to the gym. That's pretty much my main source of exercise. Um, I do like going out for walks and stuff. Not so much in the winter. Um, so yeah, I rely on the gym a lot. Yeah, I haven't been to the gym in years. Uh, I do go on quite a few hikes though, so I'll, I'll take that into consideration. So if you were a wrestler, what would be your entrance theme song? <laughs> oh my God, I'm not prepared for this. <laughs> These are icebreakers. I'll tell you what mine would be. This might inspire you. Um, do you remember the first Matrix film? Yeah. At the very end, when Neo flies off from the telephone box, it plays Rage Against the Machine, Wake Up, I think it's called. <laughs> Oh, I don't even know. I, I can't. I can't answer. I've, I've drawn a blank on every piece of music I've ever heard. Okay. Well, we will take my answer for that one. Then I'm going to give yeah. you Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Hmm. I'm drawn to flares. I don't know why. I mean, flares are back in now, so I, I feel like everything everything from the last fifty years has come back in within the last year. So there's not really anything that's that's missing. Um, I guess maybe I, I remember enjoying back in the 2010s those ridiculously huge, uh, like sequined belts. And I'm not saying that they should come back in, but they would be quite fun if they came back. I remember a time when people had platform shoes. Everyone had really like high shoes. <laughs> I can't wear heels anymore. I can't wear anything like that. I mean, the pandemic basically ruined anything like that for me. Yeah, I'm going to find it weird working in an office wearing socks and shoes again. <laughs> what would your dream house be like? Oh, um, nice big garden. Um, although saying that I'm not a very good gardener, so I probably need someone to look after it for me. Hot tub. Oh, and yeah, that'd be good. Just you know, just just a nice house. It doesn't have to be huge, um, but just you know, nice kitchen and nice spacious office. That would be good. That sounds nice. Do you have a dog or anything? No, I've not got a dog. Um, I've got three rats for my pets. Oh, cool. They're very cute. They're known to be really intelligent animals. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, you, you supposedly you can teach them tricks and stuff. I've managed to teach one of them to do like a pirouette. Well, not like a proper pirouette, but, you know, a turnaround. Um, the other two won't have any of it. So that's about as far as I got. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive. I'd like to see that. Um, so my final icebreaker question to you then is, which movie can you watch on repeat? It's kind of cringy, but my the film that, well, I've not actually watched it for a long time, but this used to be um, the film Megamind, if you know that one, with Will Ferrell in. Um, yeah, I do know I that one, to, yeah. I used to watch that so much. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I haven't um, seen that in years. I used to find it so funny. Um, I just I like a good um, a good animated movie. Oh, me too. Me too. Um, I don't know if you've got Amazon Prime, but if anyone does have Amazon Prime, there's a movie on there at the moment called uh, Mary and Max, which is stop motion. It's so good. It's in oh, black wow. and white, and I, I I think it's in black and white, or it's just a really dark color palette. But yeah, I recommend people people watching that. It's really good. So let's talk about your code words then. Do you have a favorite item of tech swag? Oh, I don't. You know, I don't actually have much swag, which is sad. Um, I do try and collect stickers and stuff from from things that I've gone to, but I really am lacking. Yeah, I had a few stickers, and I had to. I can't fit in the t-shirts that I had because they were small, and I don't think I'm small anymore. So <laughs> I need some new t-shirts. Um, so how did you get into tech? Well, basically, yeah, I kind of accidentally get onto tech. Um, I've always been interested in technology, but not really pursued it. Um, and I actually was a, uh, well, I studied physics at university and did an MSci uh, at the University of Nottingham. Um, and it was sort of in, as part of that course that I, I did some scientific computing um, modules, basically. And I just really enjoyed it. Uh, it was sort of the highlights of what I did um, within physics. And so it kind of came to the end of my degree where I had a choice to basically pursue uh, sort of academia and go the PhD route or find a job. Um, and so I thought, I'll find a job. And I kind of applied to a few software development positions, sort of thinking, well, I quite liked using MATLAB, um, which is basically just a scientific computing language. It's quite niche. And yeah, I managed to, I did quite a few different interviews at different places, but I managed to get a graduate position and then I'm still here. Uh, what was it about um, the code that you were doing that you enjoyed? Was it the problem solving or was it understanding the logic and applying it or both? Yeah, it, it was kind of, well, definitely both. I mean, I really, the problem solving aspect is uh, just the sort of interesting part of it. It's just something that I understood, like I, it kind of clicked as I learned it um, from the beginning, like carrying on through. And I mean, a lot of what I did was this stuff like analyzing data, drawing graphs and stuff. But I also kind of liked making UIs as well, which if you've ever used MATLAB, it's the most disgusting looking <laughs> window that you could ever create. And I would just sort of put buttons on it, you know, very gray sort of Windows 98 style looking um, UI. But I was very proud of that. And I, I just sort of liked playing with it and seeing what I could do sort of beyond the scope of what I needed to do to get the, uh, the grade. Just, just found it interesting, basically, sort of interested in it and did a bit of Python as well, which probably gave me a bit more insight into what actual programming would be like as well, uh, which was cool. I've done an introductory course into Python and I enjoyed it. Yeah, but at the moment I'm focused on JavaScript. That's uh, it's all I live for at the moment, JavaScript and React next year. That's what my nice. plan is. I read this on Twitter. Do you consider yourself an overthinker? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was trying to feel out the audience and see like if, if everyone else was like me and just living in your head. And um, I, I mean... It, that was a poll I put on Twitter, and I think it's something like 69 or 70 percent of people said they were. So, I think you could probably safely say that, um, yeah, people within software development are overthinkers. I find sometimes that if I'm stuck with an idea, I, I will work at it and work at it and get nowhere. Then I'll go to bed, and my brain says, "You know what? I got it. Come on, get out, get up and do it again. <laughs> You've got it." It's like, oh, okay, fine. Do you um, actually get out of bed to solve it though, or do you let it go to the morning? No, I bring the laptop to my bed. That's a compromise, right? <laughs> uh, so what's a typical day like for you as a senior software engineer? So, yeah, I mean, it's a hard one that um, 
it's kind of the same as, as being a software developer across all levels in, in a lot of ways, in the sense that you're generally within a software company, you'd, um, say you follow sort of agile processes, you, you've got the work that comes in and you have, it's within tickets, um, sort of units of work that you have to work on. I don't know, there may be bug fixes, they may be uh, new feature requests, stuff like that. So the, my, you know, the majority of my day to day is, is, is that, uh, which is very similar to every software job out there. I guess the difference between sort of um, like a junior or mid role to sort of taking a senior title is, is just you're much more involved in, in sort of decision making. And it's, it's about sort of asking the whys behind some of the stuff that you do and making sure that the design that is being implemented is actually something that fits with your your current product. It's something that you, you want it to do. It, it, you know, it's not just sort of stuck onto the side. Things like that, and it's about leadership as well. Um, knowing when, yeah, it's the right sort of time to take lead of, I don't know, technical design, or sort of say, oh, I, I can do this. Let me get back to you. Um, but yeah, there's lo- there's lots to do. It's, it, I think it's a really interesting role. How have you found it uh, with junior developers uh, in that kind of relationship, that working relationship? Yeah, I mean, I love working with junior developers. Um, I've not had like a massive amount of sort of exposure to it um in a way just through the, the roles i've had there haven't been a lot of juniors um i'm open to people who who come to me with questions and um ideas and stuff and that they can actually be far more uh, pleasurable to work with and sort of senior members of the team who think that they know all the answers and, and they don't want to collaborate um so yeah i'm always really open to that and it's just really interesting yeah, I want to work with, with more juniors, to be honest. It would be nice to have, have that kind of team dynamic. Looking at your progress, how do you decide what you want to learn? For example, TypeScript or React? Yeah, so I guess a lot of what I decide to learn is dictated by my career. Um, so I started with the graduate scheme, as I said before. And um, on that, I, I learned at C Sharp and .NET mainly, um, and also different little bits as well, sort of a JavaScript project here, a, a bit of Python there. Um, which was a really great foundation, um, but I didn't have a lot of choice in it. But as I've sort of progressed through my career, I've kind of really enjoyed elements of the front end that I have tried, but I've basically been a back-end developer. So for me, I kind of want, wanted to become a little bit more full stack. And so I've kind of pushed for opportunities at work to learn TypeScript. Um, and I've ended up working on projects using Angular. So I do have quite a bit of experience there, but React is something that I've wanted to sort of learned recently and something I've tried to start doing by myself in my spare time. Not that I have a lot of spare time. Um, so I've not got <laughs> I've not got very far with it, but I, it has been really interesting. Like just I guess I am a full stack developer in that I do work with front end and back end technologies as part of my job. But you know, I definitely my strength is within back end development and I think there is merit in learning how to build a project from scratch yourself because one thing that i think actually a lot of people don't realize is when you go into a software development role you're often maintaining an existing product so you're not necessarily the person who scaffolded it from the beginning who's made all those design decisions you're just the person who's coming in and maintaining it which is actually a very different um, set of skills what would you recommend to somebody out there who is building from scratch in terms of getting that experience of working a team and maintaining code I say probably the obvious decision is trying to get involved with open source um, just because there's so much out there and, you know, there's teams or people who volunteer their time to work on it. I mean, personally, I've not really done much open source. It's something that I would like to be far more involved in. Um, I learned quite a lot more about it over Hacktoberfest, which just happened. Um, I unfortunately didn't manage to get the full, uh, the full 
pull requests in. I did get one in though, so yeah, cool oh. the way there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and do better for next year. But yeah, I think that's probably the best way if you, if you want that experience of working on a sort of more mature product and and you ha- you're not in a job. Um, that's the best way of doing it. But in terms of getting experience, working on your own solo projects is still very valuable. Um, so talking of solo projects, what would you do if you were learning a new language and you came across a problem that you've not seen before? How would you go about solving that? I mean, Google is our friend. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's a problem that, yeah, it's syntax related, obviously, I would, I would just re- research it and um if it's i don't know a problem i've never heard of before yeah it's a difficult one to say but i think when you when you have experience with one sort of technology like programming language quite well you do tend to see the same kind of problems appearing even in different different languages uh so you kind of get used to how to solve them but you might not know exactly what the syntax is for example so yeah i would just look it up if anyone I know. Yeah, I would use Google, as you say. I've even asked Stack Overflow directly. Like I've said, I put a question there saying help and people, they want to help you for the most part. So I always find that helpful. How would you structure your approach to learning a new language? Would you uh, identify little goals in the language you want to learn or would you, uh, how would you go about that? So when I had to learn Angular um, for work, I kind of used Pluralsight, which is a subscription service that I was fortunately able to use. But I would say that's how I did it really fast, is to sort of watch like a lot of introduction videos, kind of here are the basics of TypeScript and Angular, um, but just the basics. And then and then as soon as it was, okay, I understand how this project works and how to run it and, and the sort of basics of it, it's then straight away now start using it. Rather than kind of following like tons of tutorials of different projects, it was just get straight in there and start working on it. Um, so that worked well for me to sort of get there quite quickly. Yeah, I would say don't, for my, for my own personal experience, don't get dependent on tutorials. Take mm. what they're introducing to you and then build it yourself. Because if you just follow along with a tutorial, for me, this is, you're not going to get it. You're just copying instructions, which yeah. is not quite the same for me. So I, I need to build agree. it and break it. Like yeah. I could probably put together, it's like building Ikea furniture, for a flat pack furniture. You can follow yeah. the instructions and build it. But if you had to do it yourself, maybe you couldn't do it. I don't know. But that's just how it felt for me. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree. Going back to React there, um, what makes it an attractive framework to learn? I don't know. I just, I've heard good things about it. Um, people on Twitter like it. <laughs> Not that that's the way to live your life, but kind of. <laughs> I've been on, yeah, I've only joined Twitter sort of in the last couple of months and, and it's just been interesting to see what people are talking about because um, you don't get that when you work in a sort of small company, um, which has been really interesting. And React is one of the things that people are talking about. It's actually a technology that we do have at the company I work at as well that I might well be working on at some point. So I was sort of thinking it's good for me professionally and then also it could be good just to learn. And also I'd quite, I just would like to become a bit more front end like I said before and just be able to sort of bring a make a project from scratch, make a website. Um so I just thought why not try and do that but also learn React at the same time, which is quite a big challenge to sort of learn all of that all at once. So I've not got too far with it as I've learned. That would be uh what I would say about learning to code for the very first time that if you look at everything it can be quite overwhelming. So yeah, just yeah. focus on one thing at a time. 
Because you can suddenly feel like you're drowning under the weight of information that's above you. But yeah, just focus on one thing. That would be my advice. This sounds like a silly question on the face of it, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Why is it important to always be learning? Well, the thing is, is that if you're not always learning, then you will eventually be taken over by the people who are. Not that life is a competition, but I think in terms of just your career, it, you know, it's always good to stay on top of things because technology will always keep evolving. and the stuff that you can do really well now, if you don't continue learning, then, you know, everyone is going to have forgotten and they'll be on the next thing. But also, I think for yourself, just as a person, um, it's important to keep growing and developing and, and sort of, you know, aspiring for, for the next thing. What can you tell us about the tech community in Nottingham? Um, it's really great, actually. Um, there's a lot of meetups that used to be in person. They're currently on Zoom, but uh, it's a really thriving community actually which is really nice to be part of and um, there's quite a few different events or depending on what you're interested in there's the sort of main technotinium one and then there's women in tech um .net knots there's sort of like a knots javascript one i don't know the whole list devops knots so you've kind of got a whole variety of, of anything that you could be interested in um, which is really great and they're, they're all really open now did i imagine this or did you give a talk at uh tech nottingham lightning yes i did how did you prepare for that? Well, I made a slideshow because <laughs> you can't have a good talk without a slideshow. But yeah, I mean, yeah, for those who don't know, a lightning talk is, is just a five minute talk. But you generally it's sort of a, the audience are invited to talk and then it, there's sort of five minute slots. So it's not a long one. It's not challenging. Um, lots of people don't prepare. It, you know, they just talk on a subject and it doesn't even have to be technology related. But I like to be prepared for things. So I made a slideshow and sort of, Went through it a couple of times and then thought, okay, that's good enough for this. My follow-up question then is, was there a picture of your rats on your slides? No, I, did, I missed a trick there. Uh. <laughs> Maybe for my next one. Are they on YouTube? Are they filmed or anything? So I did actually create a TikTok account for my rats, um, but then I decided that I did not like TikTok, so I, I don't go on TikTok <laughs> anymore. I'm not, I'm, I'm not quite young enough for TikTok. I thought I, I, thought I was ready, but it was, it was scary on there. I got TikTok just to post uh, promos for the show, for the um, Code Words podcast. And now I just scroll through it aimlessly looking at people being people. Yeah, you yeah. think that you can get away with it and just post your content and leave, but it sucks you in and then suddenly yeah. two hours have passed. Oh, did you watch that really good program on Netflix? Uh, it was something about how social media is engineered towards us and how it influences all of our decisions and stuff. I can't remember what it was called, but it was really good. Um, I have not, but... I kind of want to watch it, but also I think I would find it alarming. Yeah, it's very alarming. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have Facebook personally, or Meta, whatever it's called these days. From that speaking uh, talk you gave, speaking talk you gave, <laughs> what did you take away from that experience? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I felt really good after it because it went well. Um, it was a great forum to sort of try for the first time a public speaking opportunity. I have done... I mean, I have done some things before, um, like st student career talks um, as an alumni. But it's slightly different, I guess, when you're trying to talk to people who you consider your peers and who you want to, not exactly impress, but you you know, you want them to sort of have a good opinion of you and think, oh, that was good. So there was a bit of pressure there. So I came away from that thinking, okay, yeah, I, I would do another one of these. Speaking of which, do you have any plans for guest speaker appearances next year? I say next year because this year is nearly over, so... <laughs> Yeah, there's not long left this year. 
I think somebody said to me six weeks until Christmas. Like, how? It was January yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, this year has flown by. Um, so at the moment, I've not got anything like that lined up, but it's something that I'm really open to doing. So I'm hoping maybe I'll get some opportunities. I'll just keep my options open and see what happens. I wonder if you could apply to Google DevFest in 2022 in January. I mean, I could. <laughs> might be a thing. Yeah, might be a thing. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe it, but we've come to the end of the show already. These things fly by. And that brings what? me to my final question. If you could go back in time and change something about your learning and development, what would it be? Oh, you know, uh, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because, yeah, I could go back in time and say, oh, maybe I would have started focusing on software development sooner and, you know, done, done a different degree or, or anything like that. But everything that I've done up to this moment has sort of led me here. And I know that's a really corny reply, <laughs> but I don't know if there's anything I would have changed just because the journey I've been on has been really interesting and, and I've met some really amazing people along the way who've definitely been the reason why I've been sort of so successful having their support. So I don't know if I could change anything. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, my facetious answer would be to have it uploaded, have programming languages uploaded to my head like Neo in the Matrix. But yeah, that's my oh, facetious well, answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going deep with my answer. So. Yeah, I, apparently I'm really mad for the Matrix today. But yeah. Your one's more fun and actually would be quite cool. Although if you could do it like that, then what would you do with the rest of your time? I think I'd upload more things. Like I said the other day that I want to learn to use chopsticks. So I guess I could do that as well at the same time. Well, fair enough. Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. You've been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been really fun. If you'd like to find out more about Katie, take a look at the links in the bio and we'll see you again next time for more Code Words. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate and review. For the latest podcast updates, follow Rob J. Robbie on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you next time for more Code Words.